Good morning, Central Baptist Church. We are the Tallies, Ed and Sheila, and we are happy to share today's Bible study lesson on Job. Let's have a brief prayer before we begin. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to have your word, to study your word, and to allow it to change us and enrich our lives. We pray that that will happen today, both for uh, Ed and me as we are teaching and um, for each listener. Amen. The book of Job is acclaimed as the supreme product of poetic genius in the Old Testament and one of the greatest in world literature. Tennyson called it the greatest poem of ancient or modern times. It also has an amazing quality of being read with continued relevance in each new generation. It is a special part of God's holy word. We've been studying this for a few weeks. Today, um, our lesson uh, picks up in chapter 13 and Job is no longer speaking directly to his friends. Instead, he's speaking directly to God. His friends become bystanders who overhear his complaints to God, and Job moves his argument from being only about himself to a larger group and a larger argument where all of humanity is included. The idea that life is just hard. And all of us can relate to that uh, through individual specific ways, but also through COVID, we have had a hard time. In chapter 14, Job concludes in thinking about nature that the trees, if they are cut down, they can grow again. But death is the end for humans. And in Chapter 14, verse 13, Job begins a new emphasis using the little word if, generating the possibility and begins that possibility of hope. Job wasn't ready to hope yet, but he dreamed and longed for the renewal to come. He asked rhetorical questions and answers. No, there is no hope. He wasn't ready yet for hope, but it was coming. Our lesson title is Hope on Display. And we're going to read in verses 15 through 16 of chapter 13 some of Job's words. I'm reading from uh, the New Living Translation, verse 15 of chapter 13. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I am going to argue my case with him, but this is what will save me. I am not godless. If I were, I could not stand before him. Now, NIV uses the translation, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. The New American Standard and also King James concur with that translation that Job would put his hope in God. Job's great hope 
was that he would be vindicated by God and proved to be right even if he died in the process. Job was preparing to confront God knowing full well that the only hope he had of escaping with his life was that God would find him innocent. That was his hope. Job had desired to take his case before God from early in the story, and his resolve was only increased here. Job was determined that God would hear him out and prove him to be innocent of any wrongdoing. His statement in the second part of verse 15, I will surely defend my ways to his face, showed that Job had no intention of backing down before God and had every intention of being proven right before God. The tone of the section is one of determination more than hope. Yet for all of Job's hurt, he continued to doggedly go to God, realizing that there was nothing more that he could do. Therein laid his hope. And Philip Yancey has written uh, a number of books. One of them talks about the theme that God isn't, excuse me, that life isn't fair, but God is good. Life isn't fair, but God is good. And through the years as I've counseled people, I have encouraged them as they were dealing with things that seemed very unfair to them and trying to figure out how they could accept uh, where God was in all of this. I would encourage them to struggle toward God, not away from God. God is big enough to hear our concerns. And the most important thing is that we have that connection with him. Ed's now going to go into our other focal passages. Okay, thank you, Sheila. I'm going to begin by reading uh, chapter verses 1 and 2 of chapter 14. Uh, I have two focal passages, and this is the first one. Chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He springs up like the flower and withers away. Like a fleeting shadow, he does not endure. As Sheila alluded to earlier, Job at this point has uh, uh, changed his attention from his friends to, to God. He is now uh, making his case, so to speak, uh, to God. But the images of flower and shadow uh, in Job's understanding right now is talking about the brevity of life. As a matter of fact, in chapter 7, verse 7, uh, Job said, My life is but a breath. So we all are, are aware of the brevity of life, that no matter how long life is, it seems like life is short. But these images also uh, in the New Testament are often used as uh, uh, to bring a comforting image of God. Uh, in a periodical called Nurturing Faith, uh, a contributor named Richard Rowe relates these words. In the long light of human history, it is not belief in God that sets us apart. It is the kind of God who we choose to believe that in the end makes all the difference. I believe Job was searching for that, the, the kind of God that did care 
While Job's friends focused on an abstract theology presenting God as a God of retribution, Job was determined to come before a God that cares about human experience. I think that separated Job from his friends. They were more concerned about sort of an abstract thinking and Job was trying to grapple with the human experience and bring that before God. Uh, the caring aspect is also of God is also brought out in the New Testament in Matthew 6, 28-30. It says, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And uh, the images and that, that text I just shared with you was, was that was the kind of God that Job was uh, longing to appear before. In these verses of chapter 14, 1 and 2, uh, he shifts his focus from solely his experience to the experience of all humanity. Again, life is short. The lament in these verses was that people are a few days and full of trouble. Job concluded that we are intended to live short and fitful lives that are full of difficulty. Job was convinced that all people will face suffering and difficulty. And this obviously can change one's view of God. I think uh, in a book by John Claypool, Tracks of a Fellow Struggler, I think that's what uh, uh, Dr. Claypool went through when his daughter at the age of nine uh, contracted uh, leukemia and died. And he chronicles that experience in a book, as I mentioned a moment ago there, Tracks of a Fellow Struggler. I can recommend that book highly uh, because he struggles with some of these things. But he also references the book of Job and uh, teaching us some of the steps of grief and suffering that we go through. And as he did that, as he consulted the book of Job, he came to the conclusion that life is a gift. Uh, and Job would arrive at this conclusion eventually. Now, we move on to chapter, uh, to verses uh, 13 through 17 uh, of chapter 14. Actually, the focal text is 14 through 17, but I'm going to add uh, verse 13. Sheila alluded to that a moment ago about that small little word, if, which is relating to uh, Job moving toward the possibility of hope. Not, not there yet, but it was coming. So let me read that text for you. If only you would hide me in the grave and conceal me till your anger has passed. If only you would set me a time and then remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait for my renewal to come. You will call and I will answer you. You will long for the creature your hands have made. Surely then you will count my steps, but not keep track of my sin. My offenses will be sealed up in a bag. You will cover over my sin. So that's a, our second focal text. Now we, of course, we can't uh, uh, sort of impose on Job a full understanding of the resurrection. We, would, we, we can't do that. Uh, but as believers, we know the hope of the resurrection. In these verses, Job searches for a formula of hope. Job's hope involved a determination to wait for God to release him for his suffering, from his suffering, to enjoy life again. I, 
a lot, uh, we're talking a lot about hope, but I think uh, uh, another important aspect of these scriptures is that uh, of Job's dogged determination. We've heard about the patience of Job, but he had a dogged determination, uh, which I think fueled his understanding of hope to appear before God. Also, there was a longing for a call from God so Job could answer and end the silence and suffering that Job has endured. Also, sealing up documents in a bag, hoping God would, would do away with his sin so they would not be used against him. Job needed a formula of hope. And I think, I don't, as we have talked about uh, in this material, not there yet, but he was going in that direction. Another book uh, by Dr. William E. Hull who was, uh, by the way, the uh, provost for Sermon uh, Southern Seminary and also taught New Testament there and uh, pastored uh, several prominent churches. Uh, but uh, eight years ago, uh, Dr. Hull died of ALS, which we know is a, can be a cruel and excruciating disease. And, uh, but during that time, he wrote a book entitled Quest for a Good Death, uh, A Christian Guide. And in that book, he offers uh, what I feel to be a, a formula of hope, and I want to share that with you. He says in that book, and I can recommend that book highly. I've read the book, and it is, I can recommend it highly as, as issues of life and death and suffering and dying, of course, by someone who has experienced that, uh, shares his, his human experience of that uh, situation. But he says in his book, as we think about a formula for hope, Scripture intended a lifetime of growth in faith is provided by the many passages that picture the life of faith as a process with several stages. My favorite, uh, as Dr. Hall says, my favorite is Romans 5, 3 through 4, which reads, We also boast in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. In all my years, Dr. Hull says, in all my years as a minister, I have never seen this formula, formula fail when taken seriously. Perhaps this, today we need to ask ourselves honestly, what step am I on? Have I tried to skip any step? And as Dr. Hall completes that section of the book, he, he, he completes it with a hopeful note. Keep climbing. Uh, someone said that hope is faith looking to the future. And I believe that as Job searched for a formula of hope, he continued to look to the future. And it was not all negative. I think he found a lot positive in, in, in displaying his hope, uh, his understanding of hope as we move on to the New Testament to a newer, uh, fuller understanding of hope through the resurrection, and that gives us hope for the future. That is hope looking to the future. Uh, so I'll turn it back over to Sheila at this time, and she'll conclude. On Wednesday evening, Ed and I listened to a 99-and-a-half-year-old man, Holocaust survivor, share about his experiences in the concentration camps. It was very moving to listen to him. He was about 15 when he went into the camps and he, of his immediate family, was the sole survivor. 
he talked about the horrible things that he had to endure and he was rescued or uh, freed by the American soldiers and lived in Germany for a, n a number of years, four or five years, and then he became, uh, came to America and has lived in America since. And he t t says that his purpose is that he is now sharing about this. He's telling others about what happened to him. At the end, there was a question and answer period, and someone asked him what gave him hope? How did he face each day? How did he endure the horrible things in the concentration camp? And he very quickly said it was God. And he quoted a prayer in Hebrew that his family had taught him as a child. And he said they would say it every morning. And it, it was that um, they were calling out to God, that they were giving the day to God, they were giving thanks to God for the day, and that he would guide them in that, in that day. And it was a blessing to hear him speak about that, what gave him hope in a horrific circumstance. Whatever you're facing today, I pray that you have hope. I pray that you um, will struggle toward God and not away from Him. And if you need someone to support you, reach out and ask someone to, um, because there are many others that could help you and encourage you on your journey. Um, Ed's going to close us in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, our study on hope and the importance of displaying hope in our lives. As Paul told young Timothy, uh, that his hope was in Jesus Christ. And that is our hope today also, our Lord Jesus Christ. His soon return and the hope of the resurrection of life after death. And we look at the evening news and see the hopelessness in the eyes of uh, Ukrainian refugees going through uh, very difficult human experiences and inhuman uh, experiences. We, we pray for them. We pray that they would have hope and, uh, and in the world that we would certainly uh, assure people look at our lives and that they would be assured that uh, faith is looking to the future and we have a future only because Jesus lives. So guide us uh, through the rest of this day and, and again, may we always have our hope on display to others around us. In thy name we pray, amen.